It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. It's National Girls and Women in Sports Day today, Scoop. And uh, we have a lady in studio with us. Shout out to Tiff. Say hello real quick. Hey. Hey. We're going to have to get your insight on this. you got to speak on behalf of some of the ladies. Scoop and Rain ready to go. Yeah, that Sportzilla show is happening. We're paying homage to some ladies out there, man. They don't get enough recognition in sports. There's a lot of meatheads out there that discredit their contributions, and they're some of the best in the business. Brought receipts. Uh, We want to talk about some basketball right off the top, that NBA blockbuster. But it kind of ties in how I'm leading things off today, Scoop, because Doris Burke, for example, is fantastic. She's just a credit to broadcasting. Whenever she's involved in an NBA game, I sit there and I go, and she took the mantle, may he rest in peace, from Stuart Scott, especially in the playoffs and the NBA finals, things like that with the interviews after they award the trophy and I just think she's fantastic. But there's others that come to mind. I mean, Rachel Nichols is doing doing a solid job covering the NBA. She's got credibility. She knows her stuff. She's a rock star. She's a queen. What about Lisa Salters? Sarah Spain, Mina Kimes, Katie Nolan. I could go on. And did you know the glue guy gave me something, even though he's not in with us today, that I didn't realize. And he brought a few receipts. I'm going to give you just a couple examples. Eileen O'Malley runs social media for the Boston Celtics. Omera Baptist run social media for the Blazers. A couple of ladies that are involved in that aspect of sports that we all consume, but a lot of females are running the social media for sports, not just in the NBA, but in other sports as well. There's a lot of ladies doing some great things. You're seeing some females involved in coaching on different levels now, whether it be in the NBA. You've seen it in the NFL. There's uh, I forgot the girl's name off the top of my head, but there's one now in Major League Baseball as we get closer to spring training. So, This National Girls and Women in Sports Day, I'm not sure I understand it. Is it is it purely celebrating women journalists or women athletes as well? I think it's also celebrating women athletes as well. But I just, you know, since we're doing the sports talk radio, I'm kind of bringing it in that way. But, yeah, it's recognition. Because, you know, when you talk about women athletes, I mean, Simone Biles, Serena Williams, Cammy Granado, Aaron right. Hamlin. We could go on and on and on and on and on and on. And Tiff's nodding her head. So what do you, you I know as a lady, you know what's going on today. Tell them. Um, so it is um, women involved in sports in any way, coach, journalist, athletes. Um, we do celebrate it. Um, like Utica College does. Um, we give shout outs to our ladies. Um it's just like just to enjoy any woman in sports because we don't necessarily get the recommend um, recognition. Recognition, thank you. Um, that the men do. Okay, then I'm going to ask you off the top of your head: first three females in any form of sport that come to mind that you admire as somebody that consumes and is a sports fan as a female, of course. Um, Lisa Leslie. There you go. Mia Hamm. Great one. And um, I'm going to go Chloe Kim. Who, no, who's that? She's the, um, she was skiing in the uh, last Winter Olympics. Well, then there you go. I, I learned skiing something today. Snowboarding. There you go. So we're celebrating the ladies today right off the top. Got to mention Brianna Stewart, you know. Yes, of course. Uh, Syracuse product. Yeah, she's just getting back at it, too. It's nice to see she had a rough injury. She's overcome that. Somebody definitely to admire if you're a female playing sports right out of central New York doing fantastic things. Of course, 
So that trade, though, let's break this down a little bit. You don't often see four team trades every day, but the trade deadline is at noon tomorrow for the NBA. It's Scoop and Rain here on the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Appreciate you too, Tiff, chiming in for the ladies. But what do you think of this trade? I mean, Clint Capella, to me, is the standout player. Big time, big time get for the Atlanta Hawks. They got Nene, too. Yeah, I there's no huge names here, really, to me, anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's a juggernaut deal like this whole Mookie Betts thing that, that we'll eventually get to uh, going to the Dodgers. That's a mega super blockbuster holy but crap again, trade. Yeah, but then again, I don't know that there are... <laughs> There are many trades in a lifetime that are like that one uh, or or deals in a lifetime that are like that one because it is of huge proportions, obviously, uh, for the future hopes uh, of going late into October for the Dodgers. It was noted by media that covers the Knicks that there were a number of players not participating in practice today because that is a team that, well, as Nick, as a Knicks fan, I've been following it, and there's a lot of rumors about there. I mean, I can't think of a player on the roster other than R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson that has not been involved in a trade rumor somewhere. The idea being that they don't want to practice them, get them hurt. They want to have them ready to go somewhere if there's a deal. Yeah, you can't trade. You can't trade Alfred Payton if suddenly he pulls a hammy or blows out a knee in practice or you know busts a finger, something goofy like that. So other than that, in this in this big deal, Minnesota Timberwolves got Evan Turner, Malik Beasley, uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez. That's Willie's brother. Uh, do you remember Willie Hernan Gomez from the at one point a New York Nick Charlotte Hornet? Yeah, I do not. I it does not ring a bell with me at all. I deep dive on the NBA from time to time. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt and Brooklyn's 2020 lottery protected first rounder. The Rockets in this got Robert Covington, Jordan Bell, and a second round pick. Atlanta, as I covered, Clint Capella and Nene. Denver got Gerald Green. Keita Bates, Diop, Shabazz Napier, Noah Vonley, who was a former Nick and Houston's first-round pick. So I wonder if some of this is just – well, I don't wonder. I know some of this is planning towards the future. Some of it also might be expiring contracts. There's always those types of things, matching salaries, moving parts. Sometimes I wonder also if teams just make a trade for the sake of making a trade to appease the fan base because maybe they're not happy with where the team is going. Some teams say – well, we're not in it, so let's move some guys. Some teams go, we just need that one little piece. It might not even be a blockbuster name. It could be just some to supplement the roster a little bit, a, a need in a certain area in construction of the team moving forward, perhaps anticipating who you might match up against in the playoffs. Think about that. Houston needs somebody in the middle. If you're going to end up making the playoffs and you're going to match up, say, with the Lakers and Anthony Davis, if you've got nobody right. in the middle – You've got to make a deal that's going to give you somebody on your roster, at least to throw you know, five fouls at the guy. That's the type of thing, and that's why some of these types of deals are made. Yeah, I, I imagine a lot of them are made, too, purely or largely uh, from economic considerations. Yeah, for sure. To, to trim salaries from the roster. And I, I keep wondering, you know, was it Iguodala with the, uh, the Grizzlies not playing – What's going to happen there? I, I wondered if anything would happen today with regards to that. And and the Lakers, you know, you hear all this talk about them wanting to to add, uh, and that maybe people are looking at Kuzma. You know, uh, I, I half expected maybe something to develop there. But well, you can follow along on your big ass new phone that you got there, bud. Yeah, <laughs> Scoop got hooked up with a new phone. It's it's gigantic. Is it change your 
When if you're watching, you know, some highlights on the phone now as compared to the old phone, is that affecting? Things? I haven't even uh, dived into that yet. I haven't watched very much video on it. I mean, I literally you're just am, setting it up. I'm just replacing the Uber and Lyft apps that I used to have, and you know, getting them working in my bank app. And the, you know, so I haven't really done a lot of YouTubing yet. You got a massive amount of storage on there compared to the old phone. Well, later on tonight is when I think. You might start to see some see some of these deals in the NBA heat up because the deadline is noon tomorrow. I think it fires up tonight and then those last couple of hours in the morning before noontime is when you're gonna see it get interesting. Okay, well I wasn't clear on that because I was kind of I was kind of underwhelmed by all of this so far. So far well, nothing's really happened yet. I mean, that was it. And like you said, I mean Clint Capella's a good basketball player, but he's not a marquee name, so we haven't seen any of those blockbuster type of names yet. Well, you got the Houston Rockets involved, okay? And they're they're obviously going to be a player in the playoffs. They're going to be somebody that's important. But I don't know that they're good enough to win the whole thing. And I don't know that these additions in Covington and Bell are enough to make a difference for them that much. I don't know. We'll see. I'm interested to see what the Knicks do, how much they blow up this roster uh, also, that D'Lo trade has been stalled. He's been rumored to go to a few different places. We'll see what happens with that. I mean, uh, let's see. They've released the all-star participants for Saturday. We could probably cover that maybe in the next day or so in depth and in detail. They've changed the three-point contest a little bit. They put those. So it's weird. It's a three-point contest, but you shoot 27. I think it's 27 shots in a minute and 10 seconds. But they've added two shots that are three three feet or six feet behind the three-point line, okay. those actually have a value of three points. So you hit a three-pointer, it's basically one point in the three-point shooting contest in the All-Star game. But if you hit these, they actually count these special extra shots now. They, they count as actual three points. So it's crazy. It's crazy. The NBA is going to have a lot going on. LeBron was ridiculous with those five well, three-pointers in the fourth quarter. LeBron and Giannis last night, both had big nights, Giannis with, uh, you know, 34, and LeBron with 36. The Bucks beating the Pelicans 120-108, and the Spurs losing to the Lakers 129-102, and, and a three-point, just a barrage in that game. Yeah, five of them, man. LeBron is just, it, he's a treat to watch. You know, a lot of people are just haters on him in general, but you do not get to see a generational player like this I mean, there is one or two a generation, a guy 17 years in that can do this. You just got to stand back and appreciate it sometimes. And I understand the narrative and how it's the opinions of him have evolved and changed and ebbed and flowed over the years. But he's just remarkable to be doing what he does. He's leading the league in assists, and it's not even close. He's reinvented himself so many times. It's kind of remarkable what he's doing. I mean, maybe it's just me. I know others appreciate it, and there are some that will hate him regardless. Well, when he gets his stroke going, he is just deadly. But I think LeBron has the same thing going on that Kobe had going on. Came into the league, immediately compared to Michael Jordan, expected to be the next Michael Jordan for uh, their respective teams, both of them. But they're not. They're a little bit different. They're they're their own person. They're their own identity. And, you know, uh, LeBron's a considerably different player and body type from uh, Michael Jordan. So, I mean, but it's that comparison from the fan bases 
and the, the yardstick of Michael Jordan that's head up that's held up to these other guys. And oh, he's not as good. He's not as good. I mean, and Kobe's gone through that, and LeBron's going through that, and it'll probably happen. It, Giannis, uh, to some degree, will get some of that. But Giannis is, uh, you know, Giannis or Kawhi, who's better right now? They're they're both pretty darn good. And of course, Zion Williamson did uh, did kind of body him up a little bit, snatched the ball right out of Giannis's hands last night. He's going to get the same thing as he progresses in his his career. As we talk NBA, I just wanted to wrap up before our first break with a Woj bomb talking about MSG and the Knicks and giving Knicks fans like myself a little bit of positive positivity and perhaps we could be a little hopeful. It's the Sportszilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. The Burdick Lexus and Burdick BMW Basketball Postgame Show. Join Seth Everett and Eric Devendorf. They recap SU Wake Forest. They're going to take your calls and bring you Coach Beheim's post-game press conference Saturday night. Got some Syracuse-related, uh, Syracuse University-related sports things to talk about in our next segment. But as far as Major League Baseball is concerned, man, we are just so close to spring training, and I'm very excited about this. Looking at the Yankees, 103 wins, what do they do? They go out and sign arguably the best pitcher in baseball in Garrett Cole because... Well, their goal is always to win the World Series. The Los Angeles Dodgers, who have been oh so close a couple times, and perhaps, based on cheating, were denied a World Series championship. But what did they go and do? Well, they went and got Mookie Betts and David Price. Wow, what a blockbuster trade this was. But it's funny, there's a few other things happening in the game that I don't want to let slide by the wayside before we discuss that scoop. Pete Rose, you may or may not have seen, is now asking for reinstatement into Major League Baseball based on the cheating scandal. Yes, his lawyers are asking for reinstatement. He's asked this of Manfred before. Commissioner Manfred uh, once before asked by uh, Pete and his crew of lawyers back in December of 2015 and was denied. But now they are arguing that since the commissioner has opted not to punish the players guilty of the cheating and the sign stealing, uh, talking about the Astros players, as a result, the league should end Rose's 30-plus year ban for gambling on baseball while he was a manager of the Cincinnati Reds. Also pointing out that you now have an arrangement for gambling with the uh, DraftKings and the like, and uh, you are now embracing gambling Major League Baseball. So maybe you should change your tune with regards to the hit king. The cheating scandal has directly affected why these moves were made in this trade, why Pete Rose wants reinstatement. The Astros have now hired a new GM, by the way, Jim Click. I don't know if you caught that interesting. These little moves are being made, but there's still no manager for the Ast- or for the Red Sox who just traded away one of their better pitchers. And, of course, probably, well, no doubt, Mookie Betts is just, he's, other than Mike Trout, who's performed better over the last handful of years. He's been remarkable. Well, you've got a guy who's top eight MVP voting for four years, four consecutive Gold Glove awards. Jeez. The Dodgers needed a leadoff hitter. Now they got one. Yeah. It's huge. Elite defender, an elite defender also. Arguably, Aaron Judge and him are the two best right fielders or have been in the game the last couple of seasons. It's just He's just a phenomenal baseball player. What a huge upgrade 
for an already amazing and outstanding team. And maybe Price is a little better of a pitcher in Dodger Stadium than he was at Fenway. where No question. The, the proportions of the park are considerably different, and that might work to his advantage. And he might just have a fresh new start and be able to contribute in, in, a, in a way that works for him as opposed to in Boston, where I think there was a lot of expectations there. Well, they're, they're clearly going to rebuild. They're cutting salary. I think that they have invested in analytics deeper than they have at any point up to now to try to make some changes. That's why they went with some of these young guys, a little bit more cost-effective, and they're just gonna they're gonna try to progress using numbers a little bit more. Dave Dombrowski, who was the GM that obviously got them into a little bit of this financial burden that they're now shedding that payroll, was a little bit more of an old school guy, and I think he was director of operations for them as well. Well, they've changed the hierarchy within you know the the offices at Fenway, and they're going to go in a slightly different direction. It's interesting. Jeff Passan says there's a five year plan for the Red Sox now. Best team in the American League. Let me restart that. Thanks, Tiff. The Yankees are the best team in the American League East, and the Tampa Bay Rays are also better positioned than the Red Sox right now. So this is just the beginning of something that's going to be more like a five-year plan. And when you see what the Dodgers have done, it's incredibly impressive, and it's a difficult thing to replicate when you're in the American League East and you've got the competition that the Red Sox do. Absolutely. He went on to talk about the manager search for the Red Sox. Think about how close we are to spring training. There is not a manager for the Boston Red Sox. It's a little bit different. It looks bad for them, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. This is what Jeff Passan said about it, Scoop. The question is, are they going to go with someone who's on the inside right now, or are they going to go with an outside candidate like Pipe Urueta, who's the bench coach uh, for the Arizona Diamondbacks? And logic just tells me that even if the better candidate is from the outside, you almost have to go with someone internal right now. Like, I remember when Alex Cora took over the Boston Red Sox a couple years ago. He flew around the country meeting with his players, getting to know them, getting that rapport, that relationship, that trust with them all before spring training. Can you imagine going into a spring training where you don't know people in the organization? I'm not just talking your players. I'm talking the front office people. I'm talking the clubhouse people. Having to build all of those relationships while, oh, by the way, managing the Boston Red Sox in that media market with a team that just traded its best player. Like, that is a difficult proposition for anybody, no matter how talented you are. Boy, that just sounds daunting. Just not the way you want to have a season begin. And everything he lays out there, it's almost a nightmarish situation for the Red Sox. Yeah, how are you feeling if you're a member of the Red Sox right now? There's literally no direction. You have no leader. In the clubhouse. Maybe you're feeling like a New York Nick. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that was painful. That hurt. Thanks, man. This is uh, Scoop and Rain here on the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. We're on Q Sports Talk and Twitch.tv also. Oh, man. That hurt. Thanks for the truth bomb. Well, look, obviously they've had success there in Boston, but... Boy, I don't think they're going to have success this year. It's just... You know who's going to have success this year? There's just too many good teams other than them. I mean, the Yankees, we expect it. The Dodgers. You know, what will happen to Houston now? I'm wondering how they're going to rebound with Dusty Baker as manager. I think they're lucky to have Dusty Baker as manager. He's going to say the right things and control that clubhouse. And Do the Twins 
did they get any better? I mean, they were pretty good, but they can't seem to beat the Yankees at the most important time. Josh Donaldson uh, signed as a free agent, and then they did add a part of this deal is Kenta Maeda, who was a pretty good pitcher for... I, I mean, it's also a pitcher-friendly park. Target Target Field is a pitcher-friendly park for the most part in Minnesota. So he's going to from one pitcher-friendly park in Los Angeles to Minnesota. I think that's an upgrade in their rotation. They can clearly hit a lot of home runs. They actually hit more than the Yankees did last year. Both had broken the previous home run record for a season. But it seems like they've really kind of focused a little bit on pitching Minnesota should be a really good team. they got a young progressive manager in Rocco Baldelli out there. So, I mean, it's promising for Minnesota. They're going to be a challenge, too, I think, at least. Yeah, they've also got to deal with – it's usually every year it's a battle between them and the Indians, too, as well. Mm -hmm. And that's been neck and neck for a number of years. So I don't know that they necessarily have an easy route out of the division either. Yeah, never doubt Tito. Terry Francona. Yeah, exactly. He's a great manager of men, and he will get that team playing the right way as the season progresses. Even with rough starts, he seems to really rally his teams. And by the end of it, they're in the discussion. They're at least disrupting things, even in what would be considered, I suppose, a down year. He can get the most out of the least. Yeah, that's a great When, when they don't have all the weapons that, you, you know, uh, maybe the Dodgers look like they have or the Yankees. He gets the most out of what he's got and maximizes that. Uh, you know, you could say that about Coach Jim Bayheim. I agree. You know? I agree. He's got a great recruiting tool in the Carrier Dome, but you got to get the players here, coach them up. How many guys have you seen Jim take from year one to year four and look at how much better that they are? But the last thing I want to leave you with on Major League Baseball is Mark Teixeira's comments on, well, that team that, Definitely got a lot better, the Los Angeles Dodgers, with the bets in price edition. Here's what he said. It should. I expect both of these guys to actually play better in L.A. And that's nothing against Boston, but Boston is a tough place to play, especially you have bad weather early in the season. You have very tough fans. They're going to go into the NL West, and they're going to dominate that division in 72-degree weather every single day with great fans. You know, the L.A. lifestyle, I think bets and price are both going to thrive. Tough to argue that, Scoop. Yeah, and you know, one team that we haven't talked about, well, two teams I'll mention, we haven't talked about the Washington Nationals, and we haven't talked about the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, the Philadelphia Phillies. You know, with Bryce Harper, like, okay, that's huge investment, has to pay off at some point, or it's going to be viewed as a failure. Yeah, they've made some moves there, and now he's settled in there for a year. Also, I think the Joe Girardi signing as manager, is a big deal. We've got to talk about them. Obviously, we're just getting ready for spring training to get started. So that was your one team. The Nationals were the other. Yeah, how about the, the defending yeah. World Series champions that everybody's like, eh, nobody's mentioned them. Not even getting mentioned today. And and what an amazing season they had. And it was fun to watch them. It was a, a joy to watch them. And they had to rebound after losing Bryce Harper, who was supposed to be their savior, you know. Uh, and now he's trying to play that role in Philadelphia. And it was funny when, you know, they brought him in last year and he forgot where he was and he mentioned he wanted to bring a title back to Washington, you know. So uh, both those teams, I'm very curious to see how their seasons unfold. Yeah, uh, they have a pretty decent roster, too. It's still intact yeah. if you haven't happened to notice that. 
It's a conversation for another time. We'll get to it. Scoop and Rain here on the Sports Hill Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Dino Babers had a press conference today talking SU football next. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. So i got to take you back, Scoop, to the Auburn-Arkansas game the other day. And commentators involved spotty Ron Burgundy fathead. We all have seen Bayheim fatheads. You've seen the fatheads before in the crowd. They're holding up the big giant, giant heads or whatever. Well, instead of calling the Ron Burgundy fathead Ron Burgundy, <laughs> something actually rather amusing ensued. I wanted to just share that with you real quick. We uh, have a little audio issues, but usually I tone you out anyway. <laughs> Ron Jeremy. No, Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy. Ron Jeremy. That's a whole other channel. Uh, I know he's a famous Ron. Whoops. You almost like in that setting. I don't really want to acknowledge that I know who Ron Jeremy is intimately or anything like that. Well, the Hedgehog could be a basketball nickname. Absolutely. Uh, but in the immortal words of Ron Burgundy. I'm not even mad. That's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, you keep it classy when you're broadcasting uh, Auburn and Arkansas. So Wake Forest is next for Syracuse basketball. I think we're going to break that down in detail tomorrow, Saturday at 8 o'clock. I'm, I'm ready for this game. We need to get a win. It's just that simple. Much more of a deep dive on that then. But it was also, um, as far as Syracuse University is concerned, a big day for the football team. They've hired Tony White as defensive coordinator, first of all, wanting to keep that 3-3-5 scheme intact. So they got their guy after it was, it's been a crazy ride to finally secure a defensive coordinator for Dino Babers. Well, I think it's great that he got a guy, that Dino got a guy who is going to employ the kind of defense the Dino wants the three-three-five scheme. You know that's why they were interested in Zach Arnett, and the, apparently both Tony White and Zach Arnett learned that defense from the same guy, Rocky Long, at uh, various uh, coaching stops. So I think that's good. It's the philosophy that that Dino wants, and he's going to get it from this guy. Uh, and uh, interesting that you know. Tony White worked under Herm Edwards for a while. Yeah, I saw that too for a couple seasons, and then, ch- but then chose after getting this job. What was it back in December? Chooses to leave and come to Syracuse for Dino Babers. That's pretty telling. And I mean, then you look at who they hired. Though, do you see Marvin Lewis and Antonio Pierce are stepping in as co-defensive coordinators yeah. down for Arizona State? It's interesting. We had talked about Antonio Pierce not too long ago. I swear it was right here on the Sportsilla show. I don't know what prompted that conversation. I think I was talking about how he had been down there. He's really, really getting a lot of attention as a coach, a good football mind. He was fantastic when he was on the Giants before he had a neck injury that cut his career short in his early 30s. I thought he would have played a few more seasons. And he was playing really well when that happened, unfortunately. I think he came back for a short time, but it just that injury really changed the course of his career. But he's, he's one to keep an eye on, too. But I'm happy that Dino got that done. There's a press conference today involving Dino because, well, it's kind of like uh, signing day number two, sort of. They got a couple quarterbacks in the ranks. But I wanted to start real quick with Dino's opening statement. I really like to thank the staff. I thought that uh, since the end of the season and all the things that we have been going on, have been going on, we've operated, uh, you know, two coaches short on the recruiting trail. Those guys had to double up their efforts. And I thought they did a fantastic job for us. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we really like the way the class finished. 
and uh, we'll see where we're going to go from here. Scoop, how about the size involved for the two QBs that we've added in the class of 2020? Dylan Markowitz, 6'4". We were talking about him last week. Uh, Jacoby and Morgan is 6'4", pro-style quarterback from Canton High School in Missouri. He was offered from Jackson State and Austin, PA. He decided to come here. Dylan got offers from Boise State, Stephen F. Austin. And I believe Baylor was showing interest, but he also decided to come here. Completed 72% of his passes, by the way, talking about Dylan Markowitz. Both big guys, identical height, you know, and you like that because, you know, our quarterbacks have had the snot beat out of them. So you want a bigger guy back there, but you also want him to, to be able to see over the line. And that's a good thing. It's a, a good direction we're going with with regards to this football team, I think. In press conference earlier, the whole thing is obviously posted online. I'm sure many have watched it or heard portions of it. Dino was asked about Dylan and Jacoby and the two new quarterbacks, and this is what he said. You know, we did a we did a really long, thorough search across the nation. We really wanted to make sure that we felt that whoever we signed there had some of the physical abilities to uh, help us. And uh, we couldn't be more excited about the two two young men that we got. They both have fabulous height, uh, based off of. Uh, when the recruiting season was going on, I was able to put eyes on them along with other coaches on the staff. And we really feel like we've got two quality guys, even though from a star standpoint, uh, in the beginning, they may have not matched what people feel their criteria was. But from uh, physical characteristics and meeting them and watching them operate on the board and, and seeing them operate with their offenses, we think we've got two high-quality guys. And uh, I'll just always remember people, I mean, I'll always remind people that, you know, I got an opportunity to go watch Jimmy Garoppolo play in the, in the Super Bowl, and he had just as many stars as the last two guys that we recruited. Of course, you know, that could be a coincidence, but uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Well, you hope these guys pan out, obviously. And it, look, it was like hitting bottom this last year. It was such a disappointment. The expectations that were placed on this program, you know, harken back to late August and how everybody thought how good this team would be. And this is the year, but they hadn't really put in all the work yet. And, you know, I kind of like what I'm seeing now from the team. Me too. Where where Tommy DeVito is like, hey, we're not going to talk. This is all about putting in work and just getting it done. We're the silent man. You know, let's not talk about what we expect to do. Let's go out and do something. It's amazing to me that a coach like Dino Babers, and we've seen video of this, and there's how hype he can get and how he can rally the troops and how he can just take that locker room and turn it upside down and make those guys want to run through a wall. But yet there's times like this where he's measured and deliberate and thoughtful with his words, and that also inspires me for a different reason. I think he gets it from all aspects, and I'm so glad that he is the coach of this team, and I believe in the process going forward and what he's trying to do. It's a long-term goal and commitment and where he wants this team to be changing the culture, and it's day by day, game by game, season by season, and he's just building something, and I believe in it. It was a down season this past year, but I, I love Dino Babers as a coach. There's just... Something about the way that he conducts and carries himself. And and you can call me once again a homer for Syracuse sports because I am. 
But I'm trying to remove my emotion from that and look at it from an outside perspective. And it's just the feeling that he gives me as a fan. As disappointing as this season was for fans, remember, in no way is it possible for you as the fan for this season to have been as disappointing as it was for Coach Dino Babers. And the players. This is very disappointing for him. He's in here, he's in the office working on improving this team, running these practices, these long, crazy days, 16 hours a day or whatever. You know, he couldn't have predicted the implosion that was going to happen on the offensive line. He didn't know that was going to happen. Didn't know all the problems that this team was going to run into along the way. You can't predict that. But and some injuries that Tommy DeVito dealt with all year that definitely affected his play for the entire course of the season. I don't think he was right pretty much all year, Scoop. That's why you, you put in your work and, you you know, you, know, you count your blessings and you, you don't count your chickens before they're hatched, you know. And, and that's kind of what we were all guilty of going into this season. It Look, I've talked a couple of times about how this Syracuse Orange football team mirrors my Cleveland Browns. Who counted their chickens before they were hatched more than the Cleveland Browns? I'm guilty of you, seeing an 11-5 and five record for your Browns. They so were I was going wrong. to the Super Bowl, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, they were going to the Super Bowl. Forget that, Pat Mahomes. Forget that, Tom Brady. You know, uh, did anybody even talk about the Tennessee Titans uh, back in August? No. Clearly we did not. Uh, but if all that doesn't inspire you, you can buy a piece of the dome roof when it all comes tumbling down. So that story is a out nice there. little keepsake for some orange fans out there. There you have it. So this is the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. Going to come right back and tell you about a guy named Derek Nottie. If you don't know the name, well, you saw what he did. That's next. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. When you're listening to Brent Axe and you hear the cue to be the fifth caller, you're going to win a pair of tickets to the Crunch Comets game on Valentine's Day. You'll also be registered for the grand prize, Shaughnessy's and Tickets in the ESPN Radio Suite, listen to win a very crunch Valentine's Day from Skinny Atlas Jewelry and ESPN Radio Syracuse. I'm, I'm more excited to hear a little bit about the confetti and Derek Nadi, who was doing the Snow Angels in it after the Chiefs were victorious. By the way, they had their parade today. Uh, very happy for Kansas City. But number 91 was in the confetti, and he was doing the Snow Angels but a fantastic thing has happened as a result of that scoop. So tell everybody how he's just kind of gone out and affected the world in a great way. Well, after making snow angels out of that t- Twitter tweet uh, confetti, he did a very nice thing. He paid for dog adoptions, all of them, at a Kansas City animal shelter and laid out the money himself. He's a big dog lover. In turn, Coors Light thinks that's pretty awesome. So they now are agreeing to reimburse up to $100 in adoption fees for 1,000 eligible dog adoptions across the United States of America. Uh, You've got to be 21 and older because uh, they're a beer company. No beer purchase is required, however. But uh, there's a handful of states where the laws won't allow them to do this, but New York is not among them. I've actually tweeted the story at K-Rock Scoop on Twitter. But I think that snow angel in the confetti will probably be one of the most enduring images that we remember from this Kansas City Super Bowl win. 
And then he takes that and he goes out and he does a really wonderful thing. So kudos to defensive tackle Derek Naughty. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic thing as somebody who has three puppies. I, I love my puppies. And anytime you can do that and adopt these these dogs, adopt, don't shop. That's the thing. I think what Derek Naughty did is a fantastic idea. It's not a good idea. It's an awesome idea. Absolutely. So think about stuff like that. Yeah, and he brings attention to this whole issue. That it wasn't getting otherwise. And so much so that a, a huge corporate sponsor comes in and goes, you know what, that's awesome, and we want to continue that work in our own way. That's one of the great things in sports, whether you're a, a champion in the NFL, Super Bowl champion, the NBA, Major League Baseball, whatever it is, and the nation is paying attention. The, a lot of guys that didn't have a platform before, when you become a champion, you suddenly have a platform and attention that you never got. And if you use it the right way, you can affect so many things positively. And that's what a lot of these guys do in their off seasons. They're just going out and giving back. Their good fortune then turns around and they push it off to everybody else. They pay it forward. I love that aspect of the Super Bowl and the championship team and, and the players on it. And it and it filters down into coaching staffs and things like that. And there's just when there's a lot of good spread out in the world because of sports, it just it makes you feel awesome. I think fifteen years from now, people are gonna remember Derek Nottie doing those snow angels in the confetti, and they're going to remember that amazing Patrick Mahomes-led comeback. And they're not even going to give five seconds of thought to the Shakira J-Lo halftime show that everybody is still arguing about on my Facebook feed today. So we're going to get you on the block with Brent Axe at the top of the hour. He's on the way at 4 o'clock. He wrote a nice piece about Shining Day and Coach Babers and the press conference and what's been happening with Syracuse football. I'm sure there's much more. Back tomorrow at 3, the SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. The next Twitch watch party is Wednesday, February 19th. Watch Syracuse and Louisville on TV or listen to the radio. At the same time, log into twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. You can get live unfiltered analysis from Syracuse legends, Lawrence Moten, Roosevelt Bowie, and Eric Devendorf. If you watch along, you can also win SU t-shirts from University Sports Shop in Destiny USA and Great Northern Mall. Syracuse versus Louisville watch party on twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. This is Lenore from CNYRealtor.com. Over half of home buyers start their search on the Internet. Once your property is listed with a realtor who belongs to a multiple listing service, the MLS, servicing over 8,000 agents in upstate New York, the data is verified and sent direct and fast to CNY Realtor. This is where the process starts. In today's world of complex tax laws and regulations, every business and individual is affected differently, and there is no such thing as one-size-fits-all when it comes to taxes. Hi, this is Adam Panic, CPA and tax partner at Grossman St. Amore CPAs. At Grossman St. Amore CPAs, we are in step with the new tax laws. Even with my 23 years of experience, it is critical that I and my entire staff stay in the know with the ever-changing tax landscape. Our clients come to us for solid tax advice, and know they can trust us to provide the best solution, as we have done for over six